Merry Christmas and welcome back. Last podcast, Kathy and I talked about reflection and salvation being some essentials or what really matters during the season of Advent. But with this being Christmas, this podcast, we're going to talk about Christmas essentials, what really matters during Christmas time. But before we get started, Kathy, I have some, well, first of all, welcome back. Well, thank you. <laughs> and I have some trivia questions for you, some Christmas trivia questions oh, for you. Oh my goodness, you didn't warn me about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you ready for this one? Um, I don't know, but go. What did the third wise man say after his friends had already presented frankincense and gold? No clue. But wait, there's myrrh. Sorry. We still have to insert some mom jokes on Christmas, right? <laughs> okay, so what is the most popular Christmas carol in the desert? Hmm. No clue. Oh, camel, ye faithful. <laughs> uh, Those I, will be repeated, I bet. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> Get a first grader, you'll hear it about 100 times. <laughs> And if you have teenagers, cue eye roll. Um, yes, that's right. what happens with mom humor mm-hmm. often in, in my house. I think I'm hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. My my crew, not, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christmas is a time of joy, um, but it's also challenging to think of Christmas and not think about gifts. And, right. and so I would just love to hear some of your perspective of what are the best gifts that we can actually give to our children. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you could go any, so many directions with that. But what comes to my mind is a memory. And um, this was years ago. Um, I was homeschooling and I had this kind of encounter with God that he, I felt like he showed me kind of an essential. And um, at that time... We were living by the lake, and I would walk on the path in the woods in the morning. Pound in the ground. Pound in that ground. Yep. And so I left in the morning before Matt went to work. So it was kind of an extravagance because, you know, I would just like slip out the back door. <laughs> and it's like chaos with breakfast and chores and everybody's erupting in different directions. And so I often, I mean, actually felt guilty because it's like, you know, um, I'm just leaving mayhem, you know. And mm-hmm. so... But I just remember on one of those mornings, I just had really needed to hear from the Lord because I was feeling all kinds of pressure. And at that time I was homeschooling. And so there was like, I got into this group of people and a lot of them were like teaching their kids Latin. And I was like, I can't, I'm I'm struggling with math here. (laughs) You know, and so I was just feeling very overwhelmed Mm -hmm. because there was like all of these things for kids to learn. And then Emmy's piano teacher was like, oh, you know, she's really good. You should really put her in a second instrument. She's going to be way behind if you don't get her in an instrument. Your boys need to be playing piano. And I was feeling pressure. Mm -hmm. And then my husband's a coach, Matt's a coach, and a lot of our friends are coaches. And so it's like, you know, I was hearing on the other side, you know, we need to get these kids into skill development. If they don't get in now, they'll never get to, you know, and so it was just pressure from every direction. And I just knew I can't do all this, Lord. You know, so I went, I just remember a morning I went out and I was like, I have to hear from you. I just need to know what's most important because I know for sure I can't do all these things. Mm-hmm. So Lord, just show me, make it clear to me where to put my focus, 
what's essential for my kids. And it was really interesting because oftentimes God would draw my attention to something in nature and, and you know, make it an analogy for something spiritual. And in this situation, he did the same thing. And he drew my attention to this dead trunk of a huge tree that was lying in the woods next to the path. It was decaying and returning to dust. And in my spirit, I just felt the Lord speak. If you will be like this tree, completely submitted to me, your life will provide rich soil for your kids to grow in. Wow, what a visual. What mm-hmm. an awesome image. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders because really, to be honest, I, like I mentioned, I was feeling kind of guilty about this time that I did spend. And a lot of times it's like, I didn't want to come back home. You know, I just, it was, I would go out and I would pray. I would be pounding the ground. I would be, you know, praying out loud. And I just had such, I was really actually now in retrospect, I know I was developing an attachment. Hmm. with God. Mm -hmm. And it was so, um, I don't know, ground producing. I don't know what to say. You know, it just Mm -hmm. really creating a foundation for me. And so I just loved that time. And it felt like an extravagance. But I felt like God was really inviting me to say, no, put this time in. It's most important. And if you do, you will become rich soil. And so I felt like um, I learned from that, this is what's most essential. Go and be with Jesus, you know, get what you need from him. This is first and foremost. That'll help your kids. It's an indirect helping, but it is, it's indirect and direct. The other thing that comes to my mind, you know, when I think about what's most essential, I just have another memory. When my oldest went, she did an overseas well, it was a, in another a third world country. Um, and she just saw a lot of injustices and came back. And I just remember her just crying way into the hours of the night and just, you know, asking me, Mom, what about this? What does God say? You know, and, you know, I really didn't have answers for her. But I had taught her to hear God's voice. And I knew she heard God's voice. I said to her, Emmy, you know, listen, ask him, what does he say? And so she spent time with God, and and later I said, did you feel like you heard from God about that? And, he, and she said to me, yes, I did. I said, what did he say? And her response has really, I've hung on to it. It's been a handhold for me. What God told her at that time is, the greatest gift you can give a hurting world is for yourself, for you to fully receive my love. So good. Yeah. And, you know, it's true for everything. You know, the greatest gift we can give our children is for us to fully receive God's love. The greatest gift we can give to our ministries, to our workplace, to our, you know, every, you can put a fill in the gap, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's just an essential. And it's, it really, I really believe it is a greatest gift we can give our kids. Is to invest in our own relationship with God. Yeah. 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 So good. As you were speaking, I was thinking of the um, the cliche that you sometimes hear: "We become what we worship." Mm-hmm. And so, if our if our heart's desire is to be with God, invest in that relationship with God, mm-hmm. right. um, you know that's our that's our focus. Then we become more like God, and it's the overflow then that um, gives our children the good gifts mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in in that. Another thing that stood out to me while you were talking is um, 
we've we've watched the chosen video together. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Our third church family has watched it together, and one of the questions of processing after that video was, "What stood out to you as you as you watched this?" And the part that stood out to me was the encounter that the shepherds had with the living God mm-hmm. and how that changed everything. Yeah. And so that's a little bit of, of what we are invited to every day mm-hmm. is an encounter with the living God. And I loved watching the shepherds run out to the street. It's like their joy could not even stay in them. It had to right. it had to come out yeah. that the Savior of the mm-hmm. Lord was here. And, you know, I think that's uh, maybe a little bit of what you're talking about here, mm-hmm. too, is this good gift of of coming and encountering the living God, you know, where, wherever that is in whatever rhythm, um, in the way that you're, you're wired. But then it's, it's not a list of, of do's and don'ts that you have to do anymore. I mean, there's, there's boundaries and guidelines right, and right. things, but it is the overflow of God's love and the fruit of his spirit in us then that, that spills out. Exactly right. And I just think, you know, you know, as parents, we want our kids to trust God. So the greatest thing we can do is trust him. If we trust him, they will see it. Mm -hmm. You can't fake it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) They see right through that, don't they? Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. As we open ourselves up and receive this gift of of God's love, in many ways it's like, and sorry I'm borrowing this from a Christmas movie, it's the gift that keeps on giving. And right. one of those gifts is we start to get God's perspective on things. It is. It's true. Mm-hmm. We start to get his ears to hear things, mm-hmm. and we start to get his eyes to mm-hmm. to see things, and specifically the ways that he created our, our children. Mm-hmm. Any, any kind of feedback yeah, on that, Kathy? Yeah, and even getting his heart for them. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things, too, is like, you know, when we put ourselves in a position to receive from him, I mean... This is a one that I kind of skipped and I've had to learn the hard way is we also need to receive his heart for ourselves. And it's it's interesting because that has a direct effect on our kids as well. But one of the things he told me at one point, he and I wrote in my journal a lot about this, um, the role of a mother. And he really shared with me, your role is to be the holder of the mirror mm. and reflect back to them who I say they are. And I thought, okay, great. This is going to be easy. I mean, yeah. in my mind, I'm thinking, this sounds so simple. Okay, well, it might not be complicated, but it isn't easy because it can be difficult when you have evidence, you know, oh my goodness, it looks like they're going this way, you know, and you might have fear or something. And, and it can be um, difficult to maintain the reflection, you know, mm-hmm. and so one of the things is they will question. A child will question who they are, but we as parents need to remain steady. And I wish I would have received this kind of revelation earlier when my older kids were younger, but I didn't really understand this. And um, and I will say, even after I re- really understood what he was telling me, it's. I even wavered after that, you know, so, but it's so important for us to have his heart and see, how do you see this child? And I just remember spending time asking God for a picture for each one. And then I would just pray according to that. And every picture 
did not have anything to do with what they would be as an adult Mm -hmm. or what they would do or, you know, it didn't have anything to do with behavior. It had to do with just who they were as a person and to reflect back to them. And it, you know, when I finally started to do better with it, which was a little later than I wished it would have been, but when I started to do better with it, my responses to my younger child was were better. You know, when he would maybe go off the grid, I would respond more like, well, I know that's not who you are, you know? Mm-hmm. I know that's not who you are. And I would talk to him about, I know this is who you are, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I can see how that would cause conflict in your spirit. I see how this is upsetting to you because it goes against the grain mm-hmm. of who God created you to be. And and just to, you know, embrace them as who God created them to be with his heart for them. So, I, I yeah, this, this practice, I think, can be grounding mm-hmm. for kids. And I haven't done it perfectly. Even as my kids have become adults, I have not done it perfectly. I just, but I come back to God telling me this. And to be honest, you know, it's healing for us as adults to have other people who can reflect back to us who we are. So true. It, it's kind of where connection happens. But you would never be able to do that if you had not experienced and received God's unconditional love. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it just really um, connects you to his heart for others. That reminds me of a story I literally just heard this morning was, um, uh, and this was a grandmother telling the story how mm. she didn't grow up in a home with unconditional love. Mm. And so her her love was very much about what she she did, about, about doing. Yeah. And then she learned about God's unconditional love Mm -hmm. and was just overwhelmed by unconditional love. Like, God, you love me when I, when I mess up, you love me when I make Mm -hmm. a mistake, you, Mm -hmm. you love me even in my darkest moments. And she was just able to receive that. Well, then to pass that heritage of God's unconditional love down, she would, when her, when her children were young, she would say, I love you when you're crying. I love you when you're happy. I love you when you, you know, make a mistake. I love you all the time to, to model that unconditional yeah. love that she had received from God. And then she shares how her, her daughter then has done that with her grandson and the way that the grandson, um, they had friends over one time, and the baby was just fussy. And the little grandson, he was three years old, he grabbed his little play guitar, and he just sang over Aww. the friend that was there. <laughs> so God loves you even when you cry. Yeah, God loves yeah. you even when you're not happy, even when you have a messy diaper. <laughs> yep. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, and that dispels kind of what you were talking about with some of the way you were brought up. And I, and a lot of us were. I mean, I did too, mm-hmm. you know, before I came to Christ. Yes, I mean, we all can take in unwritten rules. And a lot of those can be around ways to behave. And some of that can be with like not being allowed to express negative emotions and that really splits a child's soul Mm, and mm -hmm. I just I know I was raised uh, with some unwritten rules like that and I raised my older children when they were younger like that and I regret that because that is um, damaging 
mm-hmm. to our emotions. And one of the things that I don't know, Kurt Thompson, uh, Kevin referenced him a couple of weeks ago in a in a sermon, and one of the things that he says is for us to know God's delight, to really know in our inner being about God's delight, it changes the neural pathways in our brains. And it's you know it's we know the Bible says this renews your mind, mm-hmm. but it literally changes your brain. And so it it's not just it is it is all supernatural, but there is science that proves that your brain changes. So when we, you know, love our kids unconditionally and reflect back to them who they are, and it's not based in their behavior, it's not based in their performance, this creates a healthy brain and healthy mind. And it it sets them up for connection. If they don't have that, they they are not going to connect well with God and with others. And I mean, I mean, I think as us, you know, some of us as adults, I mean, I'm working on that. I'm working on that as an adult to heal Mm -hmm. so that I can have healthy connections. And so, yeah. We serve a brilliant, creative creator, don't Mm -hmm. we? That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I hear you say that this is, this is the path for connection and relationship with with our kids is receiving from God and then letting that overflow. In in listeners right now who did not grow up with this, what are some of those maybe just baseline practical ways that this might look in their in their homes? Mm-hmm. What could that look like? Yeah. Well, and like I said, start with yourself, you know. And so maybe you know, getting what you need as far as, and I, I don't know, just even putting yourself in a position for an encounter. I know, um, I mentioned, um, Kurt Thompson and in his book, Anatomy of the Soul, he even talks about having a practice of even imagining Jesus's presence with you and him speaking to you that you are his son or daughter, depending, you know, and that he's pleased with you and just to receive that mm-hmm. and that to, you know, to create space for you to receive that for yourself. And then, you know, for, and then to know this is essential. This is, this is what our children need and to make eye contact, you know, put your hand on their shoulder and to speak. Clayton's often talked about a blessing, speak a blessing, reflect back to them mm-hmm. who you see that they are. And, to make sure that that blessing doesn't have anything to do with performance or behavior. And, um, you know, just to put that in to your days. And, yeah, I think that's a practical way to connect. Those are great. You know, one more shameless plug for the the series, The Chosen. Our yeah. our church has talked uh, quite a bit about that during the Advent season and, and things. Um, so for people who struggle even getting into the the wonder of that practice of, mm-hmm. okay, so what would Jesus even be yep. saying to me? That's a great visual of, of one possible way, um, mm-hmm. historical fiction, um, mm-hmm. of the way that Jesus interacted with the people that that he loved, and mm-hmm. so and their videos are all available by downloading the Chosen app. Our website trcpella.com has great family discussion guides for parents to use use with their kids. So the Chosen is one example of a resource. Another thing I think I heard you say, Kathy, is is spinning 
precious time mm-hmm. in being in relationship with our mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. And and that's what that's what is so significant. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. Being present, you know, I just regret that that was something I had to learn when I was older. Um, I didn't really know that practice. But, you know, really, in the long run, what do we long for uh, our children when they're adults? We long for them to be wholehearted, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, really, that is the end goal, wholeheartedly loving God. And when we come to the end, we've lived wholeheartedly. Know, we'll be relieved, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, could you close us with a Christmas blessing? Sure. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for the magnificent gift of your Son. And we are remembering that today. And I just ask in the name of Jesus that each one of us. Even right now, as we inhale, we would remember all the things, all the ways you've met us, all the things you've done. And as we exhale, we would release all the tension, all the stress, and even things that don't matter. Lord, I just bless the families that are listening today that they would take away essentials, and that they would walk hand in hand. I pray a blessing over their relationship with their children. I pray that you bless them by going before them and behind them. Cause them to walk with hinds feet on high places and go as their rear guard. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We've talked a lot about relationships here. One more Christmas trivia question okay. for you to close this podcast. <laughs> what kind of relationship did Mary and Joseph have? Ah, I have no idea. Oh, it was very stable. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.